Sorry. Who's your favourite colleague and why is it Megan? <laughs> <laughs> you laughed a little bit too long there, Jan. I'm not filled with the greatest of confidences. <laughs> Kia ora, Gateway. Welcome to this week's episode of Sunday Lunch. It's great to have you with us. Each week, we debrief Sunday's sermon with the speaker to offer practical sermon application for your week. So settle in, because this, this is, is Sunday, Sunday Lunch. lunch. Good morning and welcome to Sunday Lunch. This morning, Stephen and I have the privilege of sitting down with Jan Carr. Jan is a member of our leadership team. Good morning, Jan. Hello. Good guys. morning. Good morning, Stephen and Megan. Really good to see you guys. It's so great to have you with us. And I thought that it would be really great to kind of bring people along. For most of our listeners who are obviously part of our church and part of our wider faith community, the last time they may have seen you would be in our In Step Pentecost documentary. That's where you right. shared a little bit of your yeah. journey and your story into charismatic things, the renewal, the... Um, Pentecostal nature of our faith and wondering if you could potentially maybe you could touch on that a little bit but sort of pick up from there maybe a little who what when where how of Jan um, how you got to where we are sitting across from each other today. Well I was actually thinking on on my way here this morning that I've um, known Jesus this month for 50 years Mm. and um, as a 16 year old uh, gave my heart to him and Part of his rescue plan for me was that um, I, through miraculous circumstances, ended up at Waikato mm. uh, University and did a politics and sociology degree. And uh, out of pure interest, actually, <laughs> I did want to be a political journalist and then decided after my first year at uni that I wasn't the kind of person that could climb ladders and push people down on the yeah. way. And I knew that, that w- it was a pretty rough world journalism and I thought it just was not for me and so I ended up uh, primary teaching for seven years um, and then ended up in the wonderful world of banking for 20 odd years. I did not know this, that's so interesting. That was a revelation to Stephen when I mentioned that you actually had worked in banking. And and like quite high up. Well, You'd yeah, really been done yeah, some yeah, big yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, I was. It's amazing. I, um, I, the thing that probably stopped me going further was that I refused to leave Hamilton because mm. Hamilton was where God had called me to be. Um, and I was still in banking when we came to Gateway and Gateway for me was definitely a significant part of God's call um, on my life. And so... Uh, any transfers which were came quite regularly, offers of transfers to Wellington and Auckland, I just refused. So, but yeah, I loved banking. Um, I was, I hope it's okay to say that I was a, a very successful mm. um, in in what I did in banking. Absolutely loved it because it was such a people uh, focused industry for me, and. Uh, But gradually, I'd been in the bank about 10 years when an ache just started growing and growing and growing. And in hindsight, of course, it was an ache of God's call on my my life to come into local church. Mm. And um, part of that grew as uh, the first day I came into Gateway, been in the Catholic Church for many, many years, and God lifted us out with a front end loader, literally, which again is too long a story to tell now. But walking into Gateway, 
for the first time and I walked down the middle aisle just past the sound desk and it was the one and only time in my walk with Jesus that I've heard an audible voice. Hmm. It was about, I don't know, 20 to 10. <coughs> Obviously we were new because we were the first ones there. <laughs> classic. classic. It was classic. <laughs> and this voice said, you'll work here one day. And I looked around thinking, who has said that? And I literally walked, uh, looked, you know, right 360 degrees and there was nobody in sight. And I thought, God, is that you? <clears throat> and then my next thought was, well, that can't be God because I can't type. And I realized, and that shows my age, um, but I realized that that point that I had no indicator or any idea that I would ever be worthy enough to work in church. Now, I know that's wow. very much a Catholic thing, but that Catholic guilt thing. But um, so when I heard your work here one day, I automatically um, put myself in the only place I could see myself in local church, which was um, answering the phones and perhaps doing some odd bit of typing. And I'm not saying that's a lesser role than any role that I have now, far from it, but back in the day it never occurred to me that I would be doing what I'm doing now. So that was 10 years before um, before I actually got into working in Gateway. I've been in Gateway now 15 years working on staff and it's the most incredible privilege. Um, but the 10 years after hearing that audible voice was, to be honest, incredibly painful and very frustrating, even though I loved banking and loved doing what I was doing. It wasn't what God had called me to do. And the ache was um, just grew and grew and grew. I remember going to John and Karen that day and just saying, this is, you know, I believe this is the day they journeyed with me around this call that I felt that I had and uh, they were incredibly encouraging, said there's no work for you but sure if you want to come and volunteer with us please do. It was like oh yes please. Wow. So I put my resignation in that day and um, I left the bank and again unintentional 20 years to the day that I'd started. It's interesting, actually, what you're saying about, you know, I think from journalism and banking, even that may seem kind of, um, they may seem at odds with each other. I can actually see how aspects of you, your personality and the way that your mind works from knowing yeah, you, like, yeah. I can see how all those different fields worked for you, but how they all can kind of be found in pastoral care and in being able to journey with people, helping people, but that kind of element of story and people's lives and that from journalism. I, it's actually interesting when you said that, I was like, yeah, I can see those as different manifestations of those things inside. So how did, obviously pastoral care is just this beautiful alignment within you. Um, how Sort of talk us through how that kind of um, awakened. Yeah, well, I guess um, even in banking, I was a mediocre teacher. I loved it, but definitely not the best teacher in the world. Um, but banking, for me, I, th what came alive in the banking industry was just being with people mm. and just ordinary, everyday people and improving their lives um, in, in whatever way you could. And uh, a lot of that was through housing, which was my one of my fortes in that industry. But um, I guess for me, when you pick up 
your um, your cross every day and you follow Jesus. Uh, you don't follow him in isolation. You always, I've always considered that following Jesus was following him in community mm. and with people. And so, uh, as banking was a people industry, as was teaching, and yes, I hadn't thought of it in journalism. You're right, but. Uh, in that time while I was banking, I did a significant personal healing journey. Um, I studied and got a counselling qualification in that time as well because, again, I wanted to be more than a banker. And so I guess what got me up every morning as I neared coming to uh, being on, on Gateway staff was... I just want to see people made whole. How do you not take the weight of people's situations and carry that? Yeah, not taking it home with you. I can't, yeah. Yeah, well, how, do you, how do you draw that line? I guess my counselling training was really helpful because I did um, all my placements at Gateway because I was working virtually 24-7 banking, also doing that that uh, that study and training and so I did my placements at Gateway because I was privileged enough to be given a key to come and see people at night um, or at the weekend and so I learnt I was working most of that time in CBD I would run down from <laughs> CBD to Gateway see somebody or see a couple of people and then walk home and in that time, I learned to literally put the bank out of my, you know, put it aside till I saw that person and gave them my 100% as best I could. Then I would put that aside to give my family 100% when I got home mm. and then go back banking. And I think it's a gift, to be honest, but it's also something that I, I learned over time, but it's a gift that you definitely need. So there yeah. is honestly very few times where... I take the burden home. Mm. And I wouldn't spiritualize it, even though I could, and say, well, we give our burden to Jesus. Yes, we do, but actually he's enabled me, I think, just with the gift of being able to just leave it here yeah. when I go. And does it get easier the longer that you do it? Um, yes, I, th I think you pick up different skills, and it sounds terrible and I don't mean this to sound cynical but there's nothing new under the sun <laughs> is something that comes to you quite regularly there, it sounds awful but I don't know that there's anything that you hear now that would ever surprise you anymore um, that comes with time and with years um, and I guess that's that's just experience as well we're really privileged um, being part of Gateway that as a church, we have a heavy focus on pastoral care mm. and providing that for our people. And not all churches have such a, such a focus on that necessarily mm. in providing the counselling services um, that we do. I guess to really put it bluntly, and you're on the leadership team, so I think I can ask you this. <laughs> Why do we care? Why do we place such an emphasis on pastoral care? Why do we get involved? Why is it something that we are concerned about? Well, if we talk about valuing people and we talk about valuing authenticity and vulnerability uh, and obviously integrity, then 
We have to put our money where our mouth is. Mm. And I think that's why we invest in people in the way that we yeah, do. And we do genuinely care. I mean, it's making resilient disciples. It's one of it's one of those real practical things of walking people through things. Resilience, as you Absolutely. said, the funerals, the oh, it's it's the real gritty side of life, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Thoughts on twenty twenty one and beyond. Very very interesting cultural times that we are living in. What does the cultural shift feel like for you in your vocation? I definitely think in many ways it's become more difficult mm. as our society has changed. And it's become more difficult in as much as my my faith tends to be very simple um, and simplistic. I gave my life to Jesus 50 years ago and that ain't changing. Mm. And I know that sounds ridiculously simplistic and simple, but following Jesus is what I chose to do mm. back then and I'm going to continue. Now, with the social and cultural change that's going on today and the pressures that are out in our society, especially amongst our younger folk, I guess it blows me away. And sometimes if anything burdens me, it would be that, mm. the pressures that they're under. Jan, how do you look after yourself? Keeping that hope-filled um perspective on life how do you do that well when you go on holiday you go to Australia <laughs> <laughs> I see how you do it that is actually that's so true you know I know it sounds weird but even in banking I learned that I couldn't leave my job unless I was somewhere where a phone yeah, was yeah. you know just out of range and that was back then when phones were much larger than they are today. Um, so seriously, my family live in Australia and that is a huge blessing, without a doubt, that when the Trans-Tasman bubble is open, my holidays are with my family in Australia. That's huge for me. Um, but actually, every day, I'm a classic introvert. I guess I have good social skills. I was, I was going to say, because I wouldn't have picked you as an introvert. You're the most extroverted introvert I yes. think I've ever met. And yet, the, when we were at that wedding and we sort of talked to each other and it was like, yeah. oh, look at you. You're, I was sitting in the corner, like yes, just people would out. And you were like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, just people would out. But obviously you're having a great time and you're like, oh my gosh, yes, but I, I want to just be sitting in a corner. It's so funny, like the, the reality of... It, and it's, it's more it's common weird, than you think. It is it's way, way more, more common, common, in fact, yeah. The last few years, I just find that silence is mm. my absolute companion. And obviously, in that, you know, oh, if I didn't have Jesus, I wouldn't like silence. Mm. But I love silence. I love solitude. I love bushwalks. I love the beach. Um, so those are the things that restore. Mm. What keeps you grounded? What's your, do you have like a life motto or a thing that keeps you, you know, wakes you up in the morning and that kind of thing? I guess because we, we, there are several life verses I guess I could could quote now, but the one that I think of not just for myself, it used to be just for myself, but now it's for every person in our community. Paul in Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 where he says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to mm. completion Mm. until the day of Christ Jesus, mm. is stunning. Mm. He's got every one of us in his hands, and he is the one that's working in us every day. I love it. 
That's a wrap for this week's Sunday Lunch. Thank you so much for being with us. Until next time, kaki te ano. Ano.